are you? I'm good. Hello. Okay. I'm Today Jess. I have with me Jess Vas. Yes. Uh, lately of almost viral as well as Le Muse and probably a number of other things that I'm not super aware of, which I'm I'm raring to find out today. Welcome back to Geniuses, Poets and Artists. I'm Kim and I'm your host once again for our second last episode of this season. And uh, today, uh, we will be uh, interviewing Jess. So, Jess, as usual, we start off with the same question. Who are you? Who am I? Oh, I'm a mess. No, uh, I, I think I would call myself a creative gremlin in the sense that uh, I think performing arts has always been a big part of my life growing up and improv is obviously a big iteration of that as of late. Um, I am a human woman. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, I think my, my interests are mostly in things like writing, in um, performing arts. I used to be a dancer. I don't do that as much anymore. Uh, was it voguing? Uh, it was a whole bunch. So I grew up okay. doing ballet, which oh, um, okay. in hindsight is a bit counterintuitive considering just how much discipline it requires that I no longer apply much in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, ballet, then um, contemporary for a bit. I did a bit of hip hop as well, um, jazz, funk, and then eventually, yeah, into more. That is a lot of dance stuff. There, it was. It was a huge part of my life for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think a lot of it I still obviously carry with me. Um, yeah, it's good fun. Okay, so that's the that's the creative aspect. Are there any, aside from dance you, uh, and writing, you mentioned. Um, is there any other aspect that's like the creative aspect? You, or are you also a painter? Uh, oh poet, no, uh, <laughs> visual arts was never my my strength. No. Okay. So mm-hmm. I leave that to the experts. Uh, yeah. What are the other components of my life? Uh, before the pandemic, I used to travel a fair bit. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone says that. Yeah. It feels a bit like one of those dating profiles where you're like... A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, different people talk about different things. I think Hamza mentioned he's an underwear model. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which which is cool, which mm. is cool. Then I, if I had known, I would have asked him to bring some pics to show on the podcast, which <laughs> is not really how it works, I suppose. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, different things happen, right? I mean, the pandemic has, in a way, mm. for the last one and a half years, two years, shaped how we've seen ourselves mm. uh, and how we've uh, interacted and interfaced with the things around us, the people around us. Uh, in many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. We were, for two months, we were forced to be in the same uh, place together with a very small select group of people. And now, every, uh, with the coming and goings of like the different uh, circuit breakers, we find that uh, that selectiveness of people that we are able to uh, mix and interact with still remains. Yeah. Um, what do you do for uh, to eat? <laughs> to eat? Yeah, I like to put food on the table to... Keep that roof oh, over your head. Uh, I work in public relations, which is kind of something that I fell into mm. uh, after graduation because, um, similar to Miguel, this is one of the things that we bonded over. I think mm. um, we both studied history. Oh, uh, oh I did not know that. Yeah, cool. humanities undergrads overseas. Mm. Um, so then I had no idea what to do after university, mm. and this was something that I stumbled into and actually thought, oh, like, I'm not bad at this. I can make a living out of it. So <laughs> that's kind of what happened. Okay, okay. Mm. Do you enjoy your work? Mm. Okay, <laughs> moving on. For legal reasons, <laughs> I, yes. I've done that to really. a number of guests at this point. I'm like, hey, hey, how, how do you think about your job? And they're like, hmm. And then they say a couple of things. And then after the, the podcast is done, they give me a, a message saying, hey, um, could, I, could I have a listen to what I said? <laughs> and then I'm not sure my boss will like it. And then, yeah, yeah, well, it depends on what happens after that. But by and large, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I'm, the only people I can piss off is... <gasps> Myself, 
That happens all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, on the nature of that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, on one hand, uh, we I think the majority of us working in corporate um, probably are doing it, to, you know, like you say, to keep food on the table. But then on the other hand, when you run mm-hmm. something like improv company or you're a freelancer or like a sole proprietor, mm-hmm. um, it must get challenging as well, right? When like art becomes your your source of living and then it kind mm. of it's very all-eclipsing as well because mm. it's not a very set nine-to-five thing right people are messaging you all the time uh, or mm. you need to be thinking about class or yeah. on top of that like mm. all the admin that you and miguel and the team have to do is, is uh, a lot yeah too. i mean the admin part is probably the least fun part <laughs> i would say uh, but you know a lot of it's very gratifying when people um like the fundraiser that we just uh yeah. concluded it was, was awesome. a, a raging success we uh, way more successful than uh, we expected, right? Because mm. we were thinking, oh, maybe 2K or 4K, like uh, an early goal sort of thing. Nice and manageable, mm. replace the floor, yeah. uh, which is now very cleanable, which is awesome on so many counts. Um, and then just the, the sheer response to that was incredible. Mm. Uh, we've hit 13K. Uh, Miguel is now going to go around the island and a bit. <laughs> Good luck, Miguel. Good luck. Yes. And Daniel and Faye. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it's Daniel's longest ever distance run, oh which for Daniel is saying something yeah. because this guy does marathons for fun, right? Yeah, he does yeah. mountain marathons. Yeah. I mean, that is not a thing I would even consider at all. And he just like, and somehow he's pledged to run the longest ever distance for a fundraiser. So, uh, you know, that, and we want to give that love back, right? Um, so some of it is a little bit of a different lifestyle, but... You know, uh, I think there are trade-offs. This life is configured in a way uh, Mm. that there's always going to be a trade-off whatever you do. Um, But I think we find the balance that we want. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I mean, kudos to you and the team as well, keeping Improv Comedy going for so long. And um, the scene's growing so fast. Like, I can't keep track now of how many new people there are and um, the opportunities are coming up mm-hmm. in regular performance slots at places like the gallery or substation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really amazing. It's not something I guess we would have foreseen maybe four or five years ago when I started. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. or even like a year ago yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, Actually, yeah, it's been yeah. a, more than a year since Circuit Breaker, right? And uh, at that time, you're like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and now things are going reasonably well, all things considered. Yes, so quite Happy pleased for with that. But we couldn't have done that without the improv improvisers, really. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing improv for a while, right? About four years. Yeah, I, I put in my Google Calendar. I call it Improviversary. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I think that's been that, about that's a four thing. years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I often dig up the uh, <laughs> Hazel said like, "Welcome to the Taster session." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that was me." Right, right. So, um, so you did impro- all the, the full thing with us, and then after that, you joined Les Muse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So was okay. that your first team? That was my first house team. Yeah. Okay. So that was amazing because it was. Um, I think for anyone coming through, um, a house team's great because it gives you structure, regular practices. You play with people more. You learn a lot from them. I definitely learned a ton from my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and Libby's is still going, so looking forward yeah. to when we can do a show again. Yeah, increasingly optimistic. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what optimism means mm-hmm. in a pandemic, but uh, at least it's likelier that we can see a, a proper Lemieux show uh, by the end of the year, it looks like. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, other than Lemieux, uh, what other improv are you doing? Ooh, what other improv? I feel like improv is one of these 
like Tetris things where you always end up clacking in with like different teams, right? At different mm. stages of your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a while I was working on Ad Hoc Improv, yeah. um, which I think the intent of that was to bring people in the scene together that might not have done much together before and just put on shows, mm-hmm. um, get that stage time and put on some, you know, showcase some nice stories, um, work with people that you haven't really before. So mm. um, again, I think if that's something that, people want to do super encourage it play with as many people as possible because mm-hmm. um, it also helps you figure out what you like in improv right mm-hmm. um, what else have I been doing Almost Viral which I set up before the pandemic hit and then oh, oh really yeah yeah oh, yeah okay. so our first show was meant to be right before the first lockdown so we were literally in our last rehearsal and then I think the the government came out with the announcement like oh no more shows and we were mm-hmm. like ah <laughs> so the name the group name took on a new meaning uh, mm. When we, <laughs> yeah, oh. when we had our our uh, pet last rehearsal before lockdown, but then we managed to do our first show um, with the gallery and TIC mm-hmm. after we came out of that, and then we yes. got another one coming up on this Saturday, which is sold out, which mm. we're quite you know chuffed by because yeah, yeah it's the R eighteen weekend. It's the R eighteen yeah. weekend, um, and we hope to cover some stuff related to mental health and um, maybe queerness and class. Don't know how it's gonna go, but mm. keeping fingers crossed. Mm. All the fun parts of uh, Singapore's yeah. demographics. Faith in the process. Just <laughs> have faith in the process. Okay, yeah. great. Right. Um, anything else? I think you performed recently with ASAP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we've been doing that as well. So thanks ASAP for having me. Mm. Um, it was really cool to like work with such an established team um, doing the stuff that they're really known for. So mm. short form musical games, um, and also uh, recently managed to join. Um, third world improv I think in the Philippines they mm-hmm. had they are doing a lot of Zoom shows at the moment because the mm-hmm. lockdown's not so good over there mm-hmm. um, but that was also really fun like such different energy um, mm. people just willing to dive in and like do yes and my weird stuff so that was really fun okay great yeah. so you're keeping pretty active uh, at this point yeah, 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 yeah. I used to have a, a improv, like, well, I still have the improv journal where I track shows. Um, and obviously the cadence has kind of dropped off in the lockdown, but mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to see, yeah, if, mm-hmm. if you're an improviser, I recommend you, you keep a journal and, like, write these things down. Because mm-hmm. when you look back, you'd be surprised how much you might have changed. Mm, I should do that. 10 shows ago. <laughs> I know, but you have so many things to worry about, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I've just, it's more of a sense of disorganized. I have notes about stuff scattered across 15 different platforms. Yeah. So, uh, we all do. It's the nature of 21st century life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, so, how's your relationship with improv like? And how would you describe it? Uh, improv, my lifelong partner, never lets me down. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of curious to hear your take on this question too, but I guess you want to save it for the AM. Uh, not just yet. No, Jovi already tried the whole asking me questions instead during his interview. I know. So. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. I'm trying not gonna we'll do that. that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, my relationship with improv, I think, it is the first. So I moved to Singapore seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I think for those first maybe like two years, it was a lot about finding the groove and, and figuring out, you know, like what's my friend group like and mm-hmm. what kind of lifestyle do I want to set, up, set myself up to be? Mm-hmm. And then improv kind of, um, I stumbled into a, a taster session and then the more, that, t- more time I spent with the improv community, the more time I spent training with the teams, um, it just really felt like home. Like some of the best people I've met um, are in improv. And I feel like uh, because by its nature, perhaps, you have to look silly, you have to trust everyone so much. Uh, 
you end up, I think Nikhil kind of alluded to this as well. You, you, mm-hmm. you end up forming these bonds with people, first of all, but mm-hmm. also I think it's very much like a mindset thing. Um, the, I think the people that tend to come to improv are quite countercultural in a sense, mm-hmm. um, or they're, I don't know, they're story driven people, they're arts people. So I just really felt like, okay, like this is my, um, yeah, this is my nexus. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and there's people I've invited to my wedding. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's people that I hang out with outside of improv. It's just really fun. It's a really great group of people. Okay. Okay. So that sounds wholesome, actually. <laughs> really, really wholesome, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think community is a pretty common answer for that. Yeah. Like, the people you meet. And so, uh, I think uh, probably in second place is like the, the, the practice, the way of life mm. that improv as, a, as an art form espouses. Mm. Uh, I would say it's not a given necessarily because different communities around the world, improv communities mm. specifically, have uh, have you know have people and people are flawed and mm. because of those flaws, you do have toxic or abusive people or people who find ways to turn that inherent um, you know the yes andness the way, the one where you're trying to make each other look awesome and really help each other and support each other and hold that space with each other and turn it into something. Uh, dangerous and abusive yeah for sure I mean I think the whole implosion of like schools like UCB um, kind of speaks to that right and I've I've seen I know like one or two people in the New York scene and I've kind of seen the reckoning that's come out of that mm-hmm. where male founders of schools also um, because it's it's mm-hmm. kind of linked oops sorry the mic oh, <laughs> it's kind of linked to the, the like you say the yes and culture first of all where mm-hmm. you you know perhaps as someone um, in a scene, you might yes on something that you don't you don't want to do, mm-hmm. or on the larger scale, right? If if the if a founder of a school or the management of a school has so much power, especially when it comes to the career paths of people, right? Because often, I guess, overseas, not quite here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, improv is sometimes it's a step up into the full time comedy career, mm-hmm. um, and I've definitely seen instances where. Uh, on the back of the Me Too movement, people have started speaking out to say, you know, actually, what this guy. Did um, you know starting relationships with students was not appropriate, mm. even though they were no longer students? It's still a power imbalance. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that stuff, I think, has given the wider improv scene a lot of food for thought as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I do think we've been quite lucky so far. Yeah, and definitely. that people tend to be wholesome. Maybe it's a bit of a self-selecting group. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. The ones tend that uh, possibly edgy or weird kind of filter themselves out. And find other places to go, which is fine by me, to be honest. Um, and the ones that remain are, are fine. Mm. And I think people tend to look out for each other. I hope uh, so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I hope so as well, I think. Um, I would like to think so, but you can never tell. I think because you can't have like, full information about how everyone's doing. Or if someone's doing something kind of shady, they wouldn't be doing it out loud. Like yeah, the, or sometimes people don't want to speak out if they've had an uncomfortable experience. Yes, you know? that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, uh, probably. Actually, I would say there's a little bit of a blind spot for us, and mm-hmm. I think while we've been riding our luck up to now, it's probably a good thing if we uh, to really just develop that side a little bit more and let people have a space where they can speak out if they want to. Mm, okay, uh, thanks for sharing that. Wonderful. Okay, so of all the improv stuff you've seen, you've done, um, watched, consumed, everything, uh, what's your favorite improv thing? Ooh. This could be a person, a style, a school, show, anything at all. I think I would go with two things. Okay. Um, one is when a team is just really on the same page. Uh, I guess the, you know you can bring up the concept of flow. Mm. I would relate this most to my experience in dance when like 
when like you've trained so hard in your technique, you do the same drills every day, you know, day in, day out, to the point where it's muscle memory and you don't have to think about those things when you're on stage. You don't have to think about like, where is my body in the space? Or like, am I projecting enough to the back of the theater? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when, you, when you've had an, logged enough of that time and you're confident enough in your ability that you don't have to think about that. And if your team is with you and you're mm-hmm. all at that level and you're really in sync, I think that can be really magical. So that's one. Is that um, the watching or the being in it? I think being in it, okay. yeah. And then from the outside, right, when you see that a team's obviously so in sync and, and they're kind of tossing the ball around, the metaphorical ball around, and they're catching it or, or they see an arc that's coming and then it's just really satisfying when those things come together. Yes. yes. And then the second aspect I would say is when teams or uh, groups start to, um, I guess, take the best of, of the improv practice and the form and really play around it and make it their own. So I think teams that have been really good at that are like ASAP and modern schemers, um, like schemers did the Hungry Hungry Hantu show, I think at one point, which mm. was around seventh month. It was, I didn't manage to make it, but I heard it was really hilarious. And I think they're very good at, um, yeah, ma- finding, you know, finding stuff and making mm-hmm. it their own and adding a very, um, what's the word that I want to use? I can't remember the word. Insouciant is not quite right, but yeah that kind of energy into it. And same with ASAP. They mm. have some great uh, character-driven improv with four characters that come back regularly and it's got a really distinct Singapore flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and another example might be the teams from Manila that are just really fearless about... Like, I saw one cobbled together that was like a pageant show, but specifically about Filipino pageants and mm-hmm. like sending that up. So I just thought, yeah, it's, it's very cool when teams are, are at that stage and, and they can... They can do that, yeah. Mm, okay. okay. <clears throat> what, I guess, on a related note, is there any one moment that stands out to you um, when you were playing, whether on stage or in rehearsal, that, that really like, lodged in your memory as like, this is like a breakthrough moment, this is like the standout thing to you? Um, I think I come back to a lot to a show I did with Ad Hoc, which I think had uh, Vic Ong in it. John Cancio, Asher. Maybe there was one more. Maybe it was just us four. Was it slow? Uh, I think it might have been Does slow. Does that the remain one? Would have been Daniel, I think. Maybe. But, uh, okay. I think Oops. so. I can't remember. <laughs> this is the nature of adult shows. There have been so many. I'm like, oh no, I can't remember who's in what. Mm. But um, yeah, in that, I think we did a, a long form set that was like uh, 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a, a chance where I felt like I could go a bit deeper into long form and delve into I guess more of the emotional part of it um, and I mean, I mean like thinking as well of the stuff that I watch that surprised me it's always I think the ones that have something to say I guess about broader society or hearing underrepresented voices on stage as well mm. um, there was a great set at Singapore Improv Festival which was an amazing experience uh, in 2018. Um, I think it was by Third World Improv as well. But mm. they did... Ah, yes, I remember Yeah, that. they mm. did an amazing, amazing set about um, being gay in and existing. And um, they were talking about... I think there was a really weird and funny metaphor about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it was just mm. something that really stayed with me. Yeah, That's fun, that's fun. Yeah, that's, yeah. That should be pretty interesting. Oh, I guess in most recent news, I can't remember where I've said this recently, also in the last three days... Uh, the IMDA has actually released a checklist specifically mm. for improv performances. Yeah, Miguel mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It practically has his name written all over it. <laughs> right? 
uh, because there are even sections where they ask specifically, uh, is this part of a festival, mm. like this specific show, uh, which is a kind of oddly specific question for an improv mm. show. Uh, I think that's wh- whichever um, you know, official bureaucrat person had to do up this checklist. I was like, oh, what, what do these guys do? Festivals? Okay. Uh, let's put that in there. <laughs> and then um, other things they're asking are like, uh, can you tell us the talking points of your show? And um, this, I don't know how to explain <laughs> this uh, any clearer than we've already tried yeah. to explain it already. In a way, I, f- I don't know if you feel this way, but I almost feel like that's legitimacy in a way for the art form here. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. well, you you attract enough eyeballs or attention or discourse now that you're worthy of being on our radar. Yeah, so yeah. we have to put guidelines in, you, you know. So it's this very push-pull thing, right? Yes, the arts I always. feel like that will, uh, that will be a fairly major point of conversation mm-hmm. for for improvisers here in Singapore for a while, I think, as we try to navigate that new, uh, the new engagement that the IMDA has with yeah, us. Yeah. Like, what can we do? How, how can we educate them? How can we engage with them and still do art that is saying something? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I guess it, uh, it just reminded me of that because um, I guess our most recent conversations with them have uh, in some ways been driven by underrepresented groups being represented, mm. so to speak. And then there's that concern about that, and from there, and I mean, we, we weren't concerned because we we didn't think it was a thing until they said, "I was like, hey, hello." So that should be fun for mm. the next few months. Yeah, our teen weekend will be an interesting litmus, yeah. I think. I don't think it'll be our last one. No, and, no, uh, <laughs> I hope not. Anyway, I, I think they they kind of want us to do more our eighteen weekends because they've been uh, suggesting that we that we get our eighteen for other weekends. I think I'm paraphrasing in a way they would not like. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I mean, the way it's gone is more like we ask for A16 and I say, are you sure it's not R18? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I guess if that's what it takes to, to keep going, then like, yeah, let's play by those Yeah, this is right, little, I mean, on the one hand, that's true. On the other hand, we just started doing a series of kids camps. Yay! Yeah, but if, if their showcases are rated like R18, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that puts a bit of a conundrum in there. Uh, you know, and we've got members of our community who have been quite active. Oh, Rajan, have you met him? I don't think He's so. He's 15, I think. Oh, 15. yes, I've heard about, yeah, yeah this... Um, cool, cool kid. Very energetic. <laughs> yes, yes, he's got things to say. Uh, very supportive, right? He's a volunteer for a yeah, bunch of things. Yeah. But he can't volunteer for the R18 weekend. Oh. Yeah, we had to take him off because yeah. he's not 18. That's okay. I think yeah. there'll be plenty of other opportunities. Yeah, and right? he'll get older. That's yeah. just how time works, right? <laughs> yes. So uh, it's just, uh, we, I mean, we want to be as inclusive as we can, right? So, um, and to tell him, oh, his enthusiasm that, oh, literally everything's fine except you're not old enough. I mean, I remember when I was growing up being told I was not old enough to do something was irritating as heck. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, um, but sometimes it's good to know that I mean there are some things in place that are for younger people's protection as well. So yeah, yeah, uh, we would, so in rehearsals for one of the R eighteen shows, we were yeah. talking a bit about that, we, like how we take it for granted basically that for arts entertainment, uh, uh. the guidelines are age based uh, on this assumption mm. of maturity, right? Um, what's is only really is you know extending that particular restriction to other demographics is not unfeasible. It's a little dystopian, possibly. Like saying, oh, here is a R Chinese or here's a R Indian show where you can only watch that if you're of a certain race or you can only do certain things. That's basically apartheid, right? Which existed in our lifetimes. My lifetime, at least. <laughs> I'm reminded of that once in a while. Um, and so, you know, it's not so... 
hard to I think I, I feel like there's at least one reason why art has to continually speak up an mm, artist's mm. role is to say things mm. about the society they're in rather than just accept the status quo from people I mean everyone has a view of how the status quo should be and there's always going to be this push and pull against different people yeah right? yeah absolutely yeah. so if and you want the world society to be a certain way you have to kind of speak up for yeah it. and sometimes people forget that of course like Singapore has its own um, trajectory of, of progress and progress is not linear but also some of the reasons that you know that I can even sit here mm. and you know that, that I have my own bank account that I can hold a job um, that I can get married and divorced um, if I wanted to hi Jay <laughs> <laughs> my husband who won't listen to this <laughs> but um, but people forget that some of the reasons that we even, we even have that now is because people people agitated you know for change um, yeah if if you know I think of Emily Pankhurst and, and some of those pioneers mm. um, and I'm not saying that everyone has to do that but it's important to contextualize that there you know some of the reasons that we have these things now is that change has you know, change is always inseparable from some form of agitation, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that, in this age, that people are reckoning with. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. I feel like with the younger generation that's coming up as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is, I think, is is awesome. And I think a great way at least for the world to be evolving, mm. uh, alongside well, you know, all the the right wing shift generally, yeah. politics wise. You know, for that countervailing force, hopefully yeah. to come back it's and push back. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Rabbit holing into. <laughs> took a bit of a dark. Yeah. Slightly. <laughs> oh, let's just head into this uh, yeah. this dark place. Um, talking about dark places, I wanted to ask: uh, Are there any difficulties you face with your improv? With my improv, honestly, not really. I feel oh, awesome. like improv is one of those things where I don't I don't wring my hands about it that much. Mm-hmm. I think it's always been a really fun outlet for me, largely because of the people, but also because. I feel like I, as of this year especially, when well, coming out of the pandemic, I was just so grateful to be back on stage. I think a lot of a lot of performers would feel that way. Mm, yeah. You just re- approach it with a new perspective. Like, you know, all the stuff that I used to worry about before the pandemic, mm. all the little things, I just don't sweat it as much anymore. Okay. I'm just okay. there to like have fun and know mm. that like, yeah, maybe some days the show is not as good as I wanted it to be mm. personally, like, or I fell short of what I wanted to achieve, but it's okay, like, Another opportunity to be on stage is another great day. Yeah. Okay. Well, looking forward to the show. Yeah. Um, um, but I, yes. sorry, just to delve a bit into what you said about, mm. um, I guess, darkness. I wouldn't characterize it as darkness, but I guess um, there are aspects that I would like to see discussed more on stage, maybe. Like, greater minority representation will be great, mm-hmm. like, from maybe non-Chinese communities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe having the courage to talk about, and I think RIT Weekend again plays into this, talk about queerness in Singapore or um, the big scary P word. I don't know. <laughs> we can talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, th- things like that. I just think uh, I'm looking forward to, mm. when stuff really kicks back into normal, we have this like great cadence. We used to have people coming through all the time. Yes. Um, to teach, you know, to to share their ways of teaching and working um, festivals, which were a great way to like open your eyes to what's possible in the form. Mm-hmm. Um, just just stuff like that. Yeah, I look forward to to just carrying on with that because um, I think there's just so much you can do with mm-hmm. with improv. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Uh, I mean, I will say I've started thinking about next year in terms of whether a festival is going to be possible. Not come with. Uh, and you know, just uh, we when we first postponed it in March last year, we were like, ah, it'll be over by November, right? SARS was done in like two months, you know, something. And then, uh, no, it wasn't very clearly. Uh, and then we basically skipped the whole of last year, and because we tend to do it every two years, and this year is also not really possible. Mm. Um, hoping he can get back in the saddle next year and yeah. do something. Think about an improv retreat at the end of the year for yeah. um, like at least for Singaporeans or people living here. Um, so that could be fun. Uh, again, assuming things are fine, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that can be fun, guys. You didn't see Kim's face. It was like that can be fun. Eyes of panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, thunder. <laughs> because we were in up to from January to April, we we're like, okay, well, we're settling into a nice rhythm of shows, yeah. workshops, shows, workshops. You know, we're doing classes. People are reasonably happy. People are active. Uh, we might be stretching ourselves a little bit thin, but you know, we can uh, adjust for that. Okay, and then May hits, and they're like, oh. Oh, it's uh, another lockdown. They're changing the rules every every week. <laughs> Just, mm, yeah. yeah, changing the rules every week has been uh, a bit. It's a bit unstabilizing, right? Because you think, oh, I'm going to get ready for a show, mm. and then you have to check the rules on Friday. And fingers crossed, they don't change it. Like our numbers up, numbers down. Yeah. How many masks are allowed? That kind of thing. You're like, oh, okay. Which is always yeah. a bit um, And you can't publicise it Or not mm. publicise it And then some weird arcane rules If you haven't publicised it By this date You can't publicise it It's uh. uh, like okay <laughs> it's cool It's such a seesaw it's a, For a everybody It's a logic kind of uh, path yeah. For you to follow Which is not Yeah Not you know, what yeah. you want to do But I mean I guess Anything after this Will be A breeze Because <laughs> you're like I've done so many yeah. Twists and turns In lockdown That yeah Putting on a normal show Is going to be You know We have our standard Operating procedures now yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we know what to do So fingers crossed Fingers crossed That is definitely part of it right? yeah. so, But for the R18 weekend I'm especially excited I think um, The shows that are being That we put on the slate So we Actually because it was the first time We had an R18 weekend mm. uh, Of shows mm. And we wanted it to be To say something uh, mm. As a company right? So normally I would say In our Helter Skelter Kind of schedule Up to April We're just like Shows, shows, shows You don't do a show Please do a show We've got too many shows <laughs> <laughs> uh, And then uh, For the R18 weekend We're like Okay this is, We should say something yeah, um, yeah. And th- the reason We're doing R18 weekend Is for a reason yeah. Is because um, Things need to be said And things yeah. have been said right? So why don't we say something That yeah. means something and Were you not- oversubscribed For that weekend Like in terms yeah. of pitches Oh a awesome little bit, wow. A little bit And then to hear. Um, also, but our preparation is also disrupted because suddenly in May we had mm. some we had some slate lined yeah. up, and then some teams couldn't make it after that because their preparations were disrupted. Uh, they couldn't rehearse, yeah. or they uh, suddenly they were stuck at home, or they didn't want to leave the house because the numbers were climbing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we I understand. think that happened with almost far as well. We had a sh- um, mm-hmm. a show for maybe June or May, mm-hmm. and then we ended up having to end June, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course that Everyone gets a little uh, Overwhelmed I think TCP right now Is just a bit like Ah shows Maybe uh, just like oh. <laughs> um, But So when we When we looked at the slate We were like mm. Can, Would this team say something Would mm. these teams Use that slot to, In an in a interesting mm. Useful way And I think We've Should Well we've aimed it at that And uh, I think I've, Given the numbers That are coming I think we should be able To achieve that as well Yeah Fingers crossed um, yeah. Most viral well, It's not recorded Because you know um, Recording equipment Is expensive <laughs> And uh, Just they're all It's so deep in the storm I just can't get it out <laughs> Oh no Yeah Oh man Yeah just, Couldn't figure out The tech for this show Yeah the button Is like soon. so weird And yeah. yeah Just Oh the lens fell off Oh no <laughs> 
<laughs> it mysteriously <laughs> fell off. Hmm. Mm, yes, I wonder yes. who did that. Indeed, yes. But uh, we do. We will be running a, a kids show at some point, probably oh the next gosh. quarter. Kids show, yeah. yeah. We're gonna record that. I'm gonna just use that and yeah, yeah, just yeah. Uh, just show people what improv can be. Yeah. I hope Miguel brings back the puppet show. I do. Perfect. I do. I've kept Miguel. asking him. Miguel, yeah. it's your conscience. People keep asking me about it, like, oh, is the publisher coming back? I don't know. I'm not in charge. It's Miguel. <laughs> and when I ask Miguel, he just kind of falls me off. You hear that, Miguel? Uh, people want the puppet show. Bring it back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I would yeah. love to do the puppet show. I say yes to too many things, but yeah, I do love the puppet show. Did you do the last one? Yeah, I did. Uh, it was with, I think, like five people, and we did it at the moon, which yes. was like super fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jalan Rambutan, right? Yes, yes Jalan like kind Rambutan. of a local uh, homage, I think. The yes. Yes, to, yes, 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 yes. It's very fun and wholesome in there. Was it was so fun performing to kids? Like it's just very fly or die. I think like you either do gags that they love. Oh, hello. Um, do gags that they love, or they don't respond, and you know, like okay, mm. we got to just keep going. Like you can't. Yeah, kids dwell. are kind of primal that way. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, that's not the word I'd use, but that's I, I'm not necessarily a kids kind of person. So yeah, <laughs> okay. It, it got yeah. nice feedback though, so that was a really satisfying show to do. Yeah. I don't suppose you recorded that. I think we have a, a thing on tape somewhere. Okay. Miguel's probably got it. Ah, she showed show IMDA. They, they, they'll love it. <laughs> awesome, yeah. wholesome uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, that's the reason I realized I plugged in my headphones and then I just they're just there. <laughs> I don't know why that. Anyway, it comes uh, out how it comes out, just like improv. <laughs> it does, it does. Yeah. Uh, it is recording. Great, awesome. Okay, Let me just, great. I'll just edit that part <laughs> out. Um, okay, great. So, what else? I guess I asked this at the start. So, uh, normally I'll ask, what else are you interested in outside of improv? But I guess my broader question would be, has improv impacted the rest of your non-improv life? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I don't know if it's also a product of age. It's taught me to be a lot less precious about certain creative ideas. It's mm. taught me to just like, go for it. I mean, I think I would say I've always been a very spontaneous person and a very loud person. <laughs> um, extroverted. But uh, in a way, for extroverts, I think improv teaches you to slow down and you do have to actively listen. You know, I think you've given me notes a number of times where you're like, Jess, I don't think you listened to what was happening in that scene. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Oh, Sorry. Wow, I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember this. Okay. And um, it's helpful. Like, you, you do have to collaborate. So that's, that's one aspect. I would say that in terms of like my writing life, which mm. kind of started in, in parallel, maybe slightly later, uh, largely because of lockdown, um, but when I'm writing, say, like fiction um, or I'm working on a script at the moment, um, it teaches you to ideate very quickly. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes, like, you know, the, maybe the idea is not so good or maybe the idea is something you might want to come back to later. But, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff like coming up with lists quickly or mm-hmm. um, thinking like what is the motivation for this character in this scene? Mm-hmm. I think it teaches you to come up with a, like a big palette of characters as well mm-hmm. that you can play with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a lot of creative people you know, come to improv for that as well. Writers do come to improv yep. for that ability to generate things quickly mm-hmm. and not be precious about it. Mm-hmm. So that's been really helpful. Yeah. And I feel like I can walk into most presentations at work now and I'm like, you know, five years ago I would have been a lot more um, mm. nervous about how it's going to go and now I'm just like, yeah, I can wing it. <laughs> it's, it's, I do improv. Like, what's scarier than getting on stage without a script and like, you know, making mm. stuff up and trusting the trusting other people to, to help you or... Yeah, there's a lot you can intuit that way. Okay. That's cool. Okay. Okay, so generally more chill, but also just um, more chill with yourself and the things you put out and with life in general. Yes, I would say that. I don't know if I'm more chill in life in general, but Mm. yeah, we can ask ask the other improvisers that. 
Uh, interesting. I think one thing you mentioned about the extrovert thing, because mm-hmm. I think I, I I'm an introvert. Yes. Generally, and um, what improv taught me was the opposite that mm. I need to speak up mm. and I need I, I can, I'm also worthy of being heard and I, I can I have I can hold a space. Uh, I can go into a space and I can hold that space for myself and for people uh, without necessarily thinking that oh, I should be anxious about it or whatnot. And so it is uh, helpful generally for yeah. people. <laughs> Yeah, it used to be, I think, um, back in my early uni days before I did improv properly, that I'd be like, oh, uh, all these people, I don't know if I'm going to be accepted or whatnot. But when you start, the, the basic move unit of improv or the initiation of improv scene, and you step out onto the stage mm. and you're like, I have to say something. I am mm. going to say something. And generally, in the grand scheme of things, that something is probably going to be somewhere in the middle of okayness, mm. of goodness. Mm. And then it's what you do with it that matters. So it's that first move. That first mm. move no longer holds that terror. Mm. And it's just like, oh, let's see where it goes. Uh, consequences hold the terror sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, For I sure. will say a thing and then uh, like 10 minutes after the, thing, the gig is done, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Did I? Did I? Hmm. Oh, no. And then I just marinate in that for a little while uh, but then it goes away usually yeah. the consequences are also somewhere in the middle not too bad not too good yeah that's how you react yeah definitely gives you a certain nerves of steel is that the saying I always mix up my idioms but yeah 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 nerves of steel uh, <laughs> is a way of putting it yeah yeah. yeah 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 okay that's great that's great um, what else uh, you mentioned a couple of times things about like uh, underrepresentation mm. and whatnot. Is that a, a thing that you're also passionate about? Um, or is it just kind of like that something that you would advocate for, but not that you spend a lot of time on at this point? That's a really good question. It's a big question. Um, I think it's something that I've yeah thought more of in lockdown. Um, and nobody, I think the tough thing is that you nobody can claim to be like a pariah in anything, right? Like. I think aspiring for that level of um, social justice or trying to embody that every, every single day without fail uh, or doing that constantly I mean first of all there are activists for a reason um, you know I think you need certain skills to do that but second of yeah, all sure. when it comes down I guess to, to individuals and what we can do um, I do think it's just like whatever small ways you can, you can do it yeah mm-hmm. uh, so I mean at least personally, and it's quite selfish, but I'm, write, I'm writing a script at the moment, um, my first ever, apparently, oh, nice. um, uh, screenplay, and it's uh, something that I really love. So it's a genre, you know, it's in romantic comedy, and it's specifically focused on, I guess, um, Asian Americans. And uh, yeah, looking at that. Um, but more broadly, I think in entertainment, because entertainment can be such a... Such a bellwether for like what our values are what are the stories we cut we want to see and it can be this massive vehicle right with all the like distribution platforms that we have now like mm-hmm. netflix and right. hbo and all of that mm-hmm. um it can be a way to, to really um i think influence and share experiences from the marginalized mm-hmm. um, or underrepresented at least in entertainment so that's kind of what i'm personally thinking about at the moment mm-hmm. and i think it's going to be a really interesting time yeah Fine. with singapore as well because i know there are people coming up um that with some really interesting concepts and things to say. And I, I think that is true of improv as well because the scene's maturing. Mm. Um, we're like five, six, seven years now in. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, I have a lot of... I'm very interested to see what, where, where it's going to go. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. It's a very long, long-winded and circular answer. Oh, no, no, no. But <laughs> hopefully it makes sense. 
No, uh, I, I mean, I do, I do see that. I think as scenes mature, your the, the nature of problems changes, right? So in the, I would say for the company, when uh. we first started out, the problem was survival. Yeah. The problem is still survival, but to a lesser extent. Yeah. Uh, because there's that, that kind of base uh, baseline that we are at, where there's people and there's people willing to step forward if the need arises. Yeah. And then, so we turn our minds to other things, right? If, <coughs> you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy. Uh, on. <laughs> completely out of context right that yeah, was the that yeah. show but that's kind of true because after survival then we start thinking about higher order things like representation uh, for example so I think this year we started offering some scholarships yeah I saw that that yes. was really cool yeah because yeah. now we can afford to do that um, yeah. we're like okay let's try it and see what happens and we've had some really good people come through yeah. uh, and they're starting to join the community and add that add their voices Yay. to the mix. And I saw you guys donated to Pink Dot as well. Yes. Me and Wylan were watching. Yes, we did. The... I've wanted to for ages. But yeah. I guess internally the conversation has often been uh, do we want to piss off like a potentially uh, large number of people or certain groups of people? Uh, and I think this year we were like, you know what? Our, if our values say that, we should just stand by those values and put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. yeah and so uh, we did that. And Pink Dot also... Uh, put a cheaper tier this year, <laughs> which was like, oh, thank you, I would thank, thank you for. Hey, small steps, helping. small steps. Yeah, um, and we we had to go in at that because yeah. at the time we had just I think lockdown had just hit. <laughs> we were a bit yeah, like, oh, yeah. It's concern is sort of dropped like. Oh. Mm. Um, but you know, at least we we can do that. Yeah, and we are in a place where we can do that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, with the fundraiser. Uh, one of the tiers for our fundraiser was uh, I think at the top tier, people would sponsor a scholarship, and we had seven of those. Amazing. Yeah, so we're gonna we can increase the number that we're gonna mm. offer over, at least for the next half yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, cause yeah, I think the the improv quote unquote establishment, I guess, or the people that exist mm. <laughs> in the scene. I mean, we we are all. Um, I don't want to say fully homogenous, but you oh, know, no. we, I, we are in some ways. Yeah, the common thread is that most of us are pretty highly like educated mm-hmm. we're mostly affluent we yep. are like comfortably middle class yes. at least at you know yeah. um, I'll say 90, 90 odd yeah, percent yeah and that. also still very predominantly like I think Chinese as well um, um, actually it's interesting right so race wise like, is mixed yeah. it's a good mix uh, we don't have a lot of Malays yeah uh, but uh, we have a good mix of Indians and Chinese yeah uh, and whites <laughs> C-M-I-O-C-M-I-O Yeah, I guess it's uh, C-I-W and then O in the improv committee and we want to change that we want to at least let it be a bit more reflective of what Singapore is right? so the scholarships are part of that I mean like open shout out as well if anyone um, wants some coaching or just like um, helping to ideate ideas for shows that have like themes around representation or just you know you're, you you finished your 101 or 201 you don't know where where else you can take this like feel free to, to reach out as well um, happy to help where I can okay yeah. uh, so if you're listening to this there's also going to be a link to our coaches directory which we just put out this month yeah. uh, where basically some of our coaches here some of the more experienced people yes have offered their services as coaches and I, honestly you can just talk to them some of the rates might seem a little uh, <laughs> prohibitive but you know, we're all friendly people. Yeah, um, yeah. If you want, really want them, just have a word and see what happens. Yeah, agree. Uh, including Jess and myself. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's have a shout out. Okay. Uh, awesome, awesome. This is great to hear. Uh, where are we? Ah, close to the end. Okay. So, um, middle of 2020, we just passed 
2020, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm wrong. Time is a vortex. Uh, uh, <laughs> Milo, 2021, uh, uh, halfway point just passed. Where are you going next? Where am I going next? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I tried to buy tickets to go back to Hong Kong, which is where I grew up. My family's still there. Uh, mm-hmm. I tried to go back twice last year, both times failed, as you guys all know. Um, hopefully I'm going home soon that'll be nice uh, the other thing I'm working on is still I think continuing writing um, mm-hmm. working on the on the screenplay mm-hmm. um, uh, I feel like the do mo- you want to tell us more about the screenplay or not yet uh, the, the screenplay was what I mentioned earlier so it's a it's a romantic comedy feature that I'm working on um, with uh, James Tu shout out to James Tu he probably also won't listen to this but um, the, you know there's a group of, of emerging writers who I'm very excited to, to hear from and work with so yeah kind of working on that um, it might be a pipe dream and I feel like the more I tell people the more I'm accountable to it and the more real it is so that's why um, that's what I'm working on yeah. uh, you put it on the internet so. I know I'm like it's in the ether now so yeah, if you listen back to it in five years and you're like, Jess, where, this, where did your screenplay go? I hope it'll be done by then. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, um, I hope to bring back to the tango. So uh, this is a dual prof show that I used to run and we had tried to bring it back for June, but then the pandemic happened again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, duos. I, I want to improvise and think about duos. Um, hoping that will come back. Uh, that's a really fun and interesting format as well. Um, what else? Yeah, I think that's largely it. Writing, biking. I have plants now. First time ever. Mm. Yeah, just. Oh yeah, you on. went on a bike ride with Tim on the, over the weekend, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, very typical me and Tim manner. We did a really nice bike ride. We went to the Marina Barrage, and then halfway back we were like, "Should we stop and get steamboat?" Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then we stopped our faces full of steamboat and then rode home. So that was a good day. It's a very nice day. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Very chill. Uh, some interesting things in the pipeline, I see. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Well, thank you very much, Jess, thank for you. spending your time with me. So if uh, you're listening to the second last one, so we're going to run a little competition for one of our pins. Uh, let's see, what is the duo show that Jess would like to bring back called? And okay. if you know the answer, email us at contact at improv.sg and the first correct answer will win a pin of your choice. Can we give them a hint? Uh, they, if they are hearing this, they probably was listening up to this point, okay. so it's probably okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good luck, guys. Oh, you know what? I'll just widen it to the most correct answer. <laughs> and uh, if you get it right, you get a pin. Contact at improv.sg. Of course, if you have any feedback or suggestions for next season of the podcast, uh, you can also drop that into an email as well. More than happy to hear your suggestions. Uh, otherwise, this has been Jess Vass on the 14th episode of Geniuses, Boys and Artists. As always, stay strong, stay healthy, and speak truth to power. Bye, guys. Bye.